Hey everyone, thank you for listening to The Founders Peak, a podcast where we bring you exceptional startup founders from around the world who each share their inspiration and a bag full of usable insights from their entrepreneurial journeys. So if you're an aspiring founder or busy fundraising or nearing a successful exit or even feel like you might go down fighting, there's something useful in here for you. Most talks are hosted and recorded live with audiences at the Founders Peak stage at the world's largest fintech event, the Singapore Fintech Festival. My name is Naveen Suri. And I'm Sagari White. And we are the hosts of the Founders Peak podcast. I'm a former banker turned entrepreneur. And like all entrepreneurs, I have more than a few battle scars on my back. All of which, by the way, I'm very proud of. I'm a content strategist by profession and had the pleasure of co-hosting these remarkable founders together with Naveen at the Singapore Fintech Festival in November 2022. Our talk today has a very special guest. We bring you an exclusive fireside chat with Jacqueline Poe, Managing Director of the Singapore Economic Development Board. In this chat titled, Make Singapore Your Smart Move, Jacqueline shares why Singapore is a choice location for founders to base themselves at, whether it is to grow their startup to achieve greater impact for a better future, or to build a fulfilling life for their families in one of the world's most livable cities. Let's hear from Jacqueline. So in Singapore, we have a very highly diverse, capable, and an inspirational group of founders. Many of them are sitting here. Could you tell us why Singapore is so interested in founders and why Singapore is so interested in startups? Thanks a lot. Um, I started my journey looking at um, the startup ecosystem in 2000, uh, when we started going to Silicon Valley and seeing whether or not Singapore could have some version of a Silicon Valley. We got very excited around the year 2000, 2001, and you, as you can guess, what happened was the dot-com bust. We picked, this, we picked up the story again in around the year uh, 2011, 2012. Um, and I think with Block 71 and then the things that were done on Launchpad, um, I think our startup ecosystem really started to fly. So today we are home in Singapore to over 3,600 startups, in case you didn't know. Wow. Uh, of which you have about 1,400 fintechs. And you're looking at about the funding, uh, even in 2021, of about 11.11.5 billion dollars, roughly. Uh, and that's actually quite a vibrant uh, ecosystem. Um, why are we interested in startups? I think many of you will know that the EDB, the Economic Development Board, started out life as an organization set up to bring in foreign direct investment into Singapore. We were set up to bring MNCs, established companies, into Singapore. Hardly the kind of startups that are here today. Um, but that was 61 years ago. And I think that over the course of 61 years, we've built a fairly thriving industry uh, that is manufacturing, that is services, that is over 50,000 foreign companies here, um, providing a large amount of headquarter services, uh, as well as um, uh, building products. Um, after that amount of time, you've got to think that it's time to build globally leading businesses from Singapore. So a lot of what we're interested in is to build the next globally leading Singapore-based business. And by this, I don't mean that it has to be a business owned by a Singaporean. By this, I don't mean that you're entirely focused on only the Singapore domestic market. 
because I think we all know that the, our domestic market is so small, you have to be global from day one. So what we are looking for is a Singapore-based business with the ambition to conquer the globe, with the ambition to provide the kind of product that will sell in many locations and to be a unicorn or that sort of the next big thing. Uh, and for this, we started to do a number of things. One of them was with our existing MNCs. We started corporate venture building programs so that they would create companies that were orthogonal to their current business. So not the same thing they were currently in, but that they were willing to invest in. And we've created with them about 70 plus of these companies in the last two to three years alone. Uh, and this has been very exciting for us. We've also now started to look at what we consider to be um, serial founders, global founders who have scaled before, who are looking for their next business, or were in the founding team uh, of a startup that became a unicorn, IPO'd, you know, um, exited in a fairly um, nicely scaled manner. Uh, and now they want to do their own thing. And would they like to do that in Singapore? Because we do believe that a lot of these founders have the experience and also the ambition to go big and have learned a lot of the lessons along the way. So it's, it's like possibly a flower which you can then take the petals off and they become a seed by themselves and they can grow. Yes, but you know, you, you can take the petals off a flower. That's not the bit that grows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So... Uh, Jackie, what is it that entrepreneurs and founders should uh, look for when they come into Singapore and say, okay, how do I get started? How do you get started? I mean, I think the first thing is, um, I do get a lot of these questions, like, why Singapore? Why should I move to Singapore and take my nascent startup? Well, frankly, just the idea I had in my head. Um, so we're looking at... Uh, a really established founder with an idea in his head, uh, or a startup that is a stub, which is at a really pre-seed pre -seed stage, and why would they want to come to Singapore? Um, I think there are a range of reasons to do that. I mean, first of all, uh, Singapore is, is kind of unusual in being a, both a very stable and a very neutral and an, a place and also an innovation hub. So usually you find either a country is a safe haven uh, or it's neutral or it's an innovation hub. And I think Singapore has over the years managed to couple all of these um, attributes. So it's, we're number one in terms of ease of doing business on a lot of surveys. It's super easy to set up a company here. We've made it increasingly easy to get talent here, uh, make it increasingly easy for you to both access local talent as well as you know, much faster in terms of processing for you to get uh, foreign uh, employees if you, if you so need it. So we've made it easy to start a business, to get your first key hires in. Um, and at the same time, access what I consider to be one of the fastest growing and most promising markets in the world, uh, and that's Southeast Asia. Uh, so I know many of you are already keeping your eye out on Southeast Asia as a market and a production base. It's probably still the best time. Uh, we just launched uh, a digital economy report recently, uh, yesterday. Uh, the Southeast Asian digital economy is now $200 billion. 
And that number was supposed to have been reached in 2025, but it was reached in 2022. It was three years ahead of schedule, which means that the new target is much higher, possibly all the way to, um, it's a more like a 600 billion market by 2030. It's got, Southeast Asia's got 650 to 700 million uh, people, uh, and of which they're mostly young. 60% of the consumers in Southeast Asia are under the age of 35. And that makes them very, very open to new ideas, very, very open to buying from new businesses, and themselves very entrepreneurial. So I think it's a great time to access that uh, from the point of view of having a nice, robust market apart from the domestic market in Singapore. I mean, the last point I think I would like to mention is that Singapore um, makes it easy to live as a founder. A lot of our new founders have told me that this is just the easiest sell when you want to bring your family to relocate halfway around the world or a little bit closer um, and have a decent lifestyle, uh, put your children in good schools, make sure that your teenagers are safe at all times, um, and still enjoy sort of the vibrancy of the restaurants, cafes, F1, you know, a lot of events coming into town and so on. So I think we're a good mixture of all of these things for the individual and also for the business as it starts up and then for the market. Indeed, I, I, I very often get asked this question given that many of us founders who are a little bit older say, why should I come to Singapore? And one of the things I often tell them, uh, Jackie, is that, uh, you know, when I'm pitching to a bank here in Singapore, I'm actually not pitching for a Singapore-only business. I'm actually pitching for the entire Asia-Pacific business because so many of these companies have their regional headquarters here. So pitching into one market is effectively pitching to the entire Asia-Pacific region. So that then begins to click uh, into their minds. You invest a lot of your time meeting with founders, with startups. Are there some concerns that they say they would, in balance, like to see Singapore do better on? What can Singapore still do better? What are some of the challenges that you're hearing from them? Of course, we get a few, and then I'll just go through a few. And I know this will resonate with you. Rentals are rising in the residential market. I don't think that anyone's pretending they're not rising in the residential market. Uh, some condominium landlords have raised their rentals by 30, 40% uh, over the course of the last year. Um, I thought I'd just hit that straight on because um, many of you may ask, okay, so with the government, so when is it going to taper off? <laughs> um, this is quite interesting because the things that bother people change every six months, I've noticed. You know, six months ago was, oh, we can't get talent. Six months before that was, oh, there's COVID restrictions. But I noticed they do change every six months. The reason why rentals are so high right now in residential is actually, it's not necessarily a, a structural factor. It's actually a confluence of things that happened recently. Uh, and that's um, a big supply crunch on construction workers uh, and then a big um, demand increase. So the big supply crunch was COVID-related. So when COVID struck, I think a lot of uh, our construction workers who lived in dormitories uh, were the first to get COVID. So they all got locked down and it's like no projects could get built for about two years. And so suddenly now they're all coming back in. And we went back to full strength, the good news, we went to back to full strength in the construction workforce in April. 
Um, so we should be seeing a lot of new supply in the residential market uh, by next year. And that should build up to 2020, 2024. So I'm really putting some hopes on that. The other big factor, of course, I think maybe many of you do know, we did get a lot of people come into Singapore, uh, whether it was from the West, uh, whether it was from Western countries or from India or from China or from Northeast Asia and so on. So that also put a little bit of um, strain. But I think that the supply increases should, should ease off the market a little bit uh, in the months and years to come. The other one that sometimes they tell me about is talent. Yes. So I've mentioned yes. the talent question. Um, I used to run a software development team in GovTech, uh, which is like my startup <laughs> some time ago. Uh, built it up from 12. Uh, it, there are actually 3,000 now. Um, and it wasn't easy to hire. And it wasn't easy to hire, especially software, full stack developers, and so on. Um, I won't say that it's very easy now, uh, but I think a lot of measures have been put in place to make it easier to hire. Number one, the number of um, graduates we have from our computer science and computer engineering courses in Singapore has quadrupled times four in the last decade. So at all points of time, uh, people are going in, young people are going in to do computer science, computer engineering, data science, data engineering, and they're coming out with great degrees. And now they are almost the cream of the crop. Computer science and computer engineering is the second most popular subject in the university, which means they have the highest scores. Um, in addition, we're doing a lot in terms of also being able to upskill a lot of mid-careers uh, to do things like data science. And uh, we're doing a lot to bring in global talent. So I think some of you may know a couple of the schemes that we rolled out in the last few years. One was the Tech Pass scheme, which is two years visa, uh, where uh, you don't have to work for any company. You, don't, you can work for many companies, you can work for no companies, you can spend all your time by the beach in East Coast Park. Um, but if you're of a certain caliber, uh, if you are a CTO, for example, someone you know, fairly decent in you know, lead, lead, lead engineer uh, in the profession, uh, and work for a tech company, you could have applied for the Tech Pass. We've got already over 250 uh, people who are on the Tech Pass, and they have very good things to say about it. Um, the other thing that we did was Tech at SG, which is exactly for founders. And if you don't know what it is, I think I really advise you to Google it and find out Tech at SG. At SG. Uh, that allows foreign founders to bring in their companies to Singapore. And we will give them 10 employment passes so that they can hire 10 employment pass holders, make sure they can get their key hires in, and then they themselves can get their families in, and then they can also have their key hires. And so they can get started a lot faster because all of you know that speed is of the essence when you are a founder. So Tech at SG has also been an incredibly well-received program. More recently, we have something called the One Pass. The One Pass is for uh, individuals who have demonstrated like salary of 30K. Uh, and it, the conditions are very much similar to the Tech Pass, except that it's a five-year visa, a five-year working visa. Uh, and uh, very much more liberal provisions so that the spouse, your spouse, can work in Singapore at the same time. So we are looking for individuals, and even if you don't earn 30000 but you have stock options or equity and so on, we will definitely consider you for this scheme. So we are really encouraging applications for the one pass. 
Uh, and uh, that will be available on websites. Um, and official applications start on the 1st of January, 2023. So we are looking for good founders to take part in our OnePass scheme. Wow, I didn't know that stock options could also be valued into the tech pass. Yes. Well, that's very yeah. encouraging. That's very yeah. encouraging. Okay. So if uh, there are the one pass. The one pass, sorry. Pass, yes. Now, if there are founders that are looking to move here, what sort of advice would you give them? That you know, when they come here, what is it that they should do? What I think they should do is to really sort of keep an open mind. Keep an open mind about which markets they're going into. Keep an open mind about their product as it pivots. Uh, keep an open mind about who they want to hire in case of di for diversity. Singapore really does value diverse teams. So if you're able to hire and groom a pretty diverse team, we don't require them all to be Singaporeans, but we are looking for, you know, multiplicity of nationalities, genders, and, you know, sort of really giving the kind of flavor that you actually need to make your startup representative of your customer and to make that work. So we are looking for, uh, you know, the ability to form diverse teams, the ability to, you know, really think about, especially if you're dealing with Southeast Asia and all the countries in Southeast Asia right now on a serious pro-growth path, they are very, very much pro-market. And you've never seen them as pro-market as they are today, but they're all very different. So you have to pivot your product uh, quite a bit as you move along. And the last piece of advice is to take full advantage of a very, very vibrant capital market. Singapore has an extremely healthy uh, venture capital and private equity scene. So even with the big pullback in tech, um, I think a lot of them are looking at maybe more reasonable valuations to come in. So what we are seeing is a lot of funds that raised in 2020 and 2021, and they have eight years to deploy. A lot of funds interested in early stage now, more interested in early stage than in growth stage. So if you're in early stage, this is a good time for you. All you need is a good product market fit uh, and a sort of sense that you're going to go on this path to profitability. Um, so there's quite a We have 300 VCs and PEs in Singapore. Um, and to be very honest, we also have a large amount of funds coming in from our family office scene. Uh, which has grown from 300 in 2020 uh, to 700 family offices in uh, 2021. And it's already the end of 2022, so I can only tell you the number is very different by now. Um, these have become LPs and funds. These have in started to invest directly in some promising startups. So if you are a promising startup, just know that there are sources of funds available from 300 VCs, PEs, you know, many, many family offices and many other sources of venture debt as well. well that's very nice to know. Jackie, we are all having exceptional founders here talking yeah. about nuggets from their own journeys, from their own careers, from their experiences as startups. Would you like to share one or two nuggets from your own career, from your own journey that maybe startups and founders could benefit from? I have to be very honest with you. I'm not a startup founder. I mean, I have never personally put myself entirely on the line um, to, to, to set up something from absolute scratch. But I have great respect for, for everything that you're doing. And I think I've hung out with enough founders and told enough founders that their idea would never work, only to find myself dealing with a unicorn many years later uh, and buying their product. So, I mean, the closest that I've come, and I think it's 
kind of instructive. As I've mentioned, I, I started um, a statutory board from scratch with a software development team of 12 that, no, that, that they told me that no one would ever use, that told me that it would be very difficult to scale this. Um, and you know, that sort of proof of, you know, the proofs were not quite in existence. So I think what I have to say to you from having built something from 12, from a 12-man team and maybe one or two products, um, one of which was called SingPass, by the way, um, to something that became quite essential during the, the COVID pandemic, because it, it was the basis for all our vaccination certs, it was the basis for all our entry and management of our healthcare management system during COVID, um, is, is not to... To have a really thick skin, yeah. yeah. I, I think that you know I've, I've sometimes been asked what is the like the one thing that I wish I had been born. What was the one superpower that you wish you'd be born with? Like you know, I'm sure you've had this question asked of you before. Yeah, you know. And some people say, oh, I wish I could fly. I wish I could walk through solid walls. I wish I could zap people. <laughs> like uh, I, I just watched this thing with the Rock. Yeah. <laughs> he had amazing superpowers, and I've like, only and I've always ever said I only wanted one thing, and that's from my journey with GovTech. And that's a thicker skin than anyone else. Um, so if you are a, a startup founder, I wish you a thick skin. I wish you the thickening of your current skin. <laughs> and I wish you all success Great. Uh, in that journey. Jackie, thank you very much for your wisdom, for sharing all things that entrepreneurs can take benefit of and relocate here or locate their head offices here. Thank you, Jacqueline. Now, if you'd like to watch Jacqueline's talk at the Founders Speak, simply visit Singapore Fintech Festival on YouTube. You're listening to the Founders Speak podcast, where exceptional startup founders share untold stories from their journeys. We have lots more for you coming up next, so do stay with us.